As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to... Episode 168, Transcend Abundance. Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to another episode of the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So Katie, unfortunately you were not here for this episode again. Where were you? Okay, so... <laughs> We had two podcast interviews on <laughs> one Saturday morning. Yeah. So I was still bridesmaid just shopping. Yeah. So unfortunately, Kate, it's not in this episode. However, we did still have an absolutely great time chatting with Chella. The episode flows quite nicely. We talk a lot of sort of the behavioral side of money and really how money is such a broader part of your life and your well-being in your life is definitely impacted by how you handle your money. It definitely is related, 100%. I think everybody can agree with that. Yeah, so she's a life coach and really enjoyed chatting with her. So before we dive into today's episode, if you guys haven't already, don't forget to join our Facebook group. You can head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. We'd love if you came and said hi. All right, Kate, you ready to dive right in? Yes. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Shella Diaz is a life coach and the owner of Transcend Abundance. She believes that there is a very strong link between money and spirituality. Having written many books about the topic, Chella mentors women and teaches them how to live a prosperous life. Welcome, Chella. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be here today. Very excited to have you on. So diving right in, what are some of the biggest money mistakes that you personally have made? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, personally, I would say having somebody invest my money without doing due diligence on them, without really asking the tough questions. I've lost quite a bit of money of that because I thought they were nice and I trusted them, but I did not do my due diligence. Mm. I think it's very easy to fall into that trap as well, especially if you, you know, are not too well versed in what questions you should be asking. It's kind of like you have to figure out who you can trust. And I think that there, there are a lot of people out there that are just trying to get your money and not actually try and give you the benefits of managing it for you and you really have to check out and see who is who exactly ask don't be afraid to ask the tough questions right ask for references find out how other customers other clients are they happy what did they do for them right and so 
I would say definitely it's your money. So you have a choice. You can ask the tough questions or you can lose it like I did. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So going back to the brief introduction I gave, so you have a very strong belief that spirituality and finances go very well together and you teach them interchangeably almost. So how do you believe that they are mixed and why do you think that there's such a strong bond between them? I believe that, you know, for many, many years, depending on how you grow up, you had two sets of rules. If you're spiritual, you cannot have money. It's almost if you know it to be spiritual, the one thing that goes with it is not having the abundance. And then if you're rich and have wealth, then you're not spiritual. And I found that to be just not the case, right? It's about the belief systems that you grow up with. It's about somebody telling you that this is how it needs to be. And I find that that's not the case because I think you're going to find that, you know, spiritual people do have money. And I also believe that people that are wealthy are spiritual. So it's about changing the way we see money and spirituality. And I think they're a nice combination because if you're spiritual, then you want to give back and you want to be able to help. And if you have a lot of money to do that with, then you're going to be able to help a lot more people. Yeah, it's almost like you have to be in a position to help yourself and help other people before you can really help those people that are really in need. And realizing that you need to take care of yourself is quite a hard thing, especially if you are very spiritual or religious or whatever it is, because you always think, you know, like you're better off than whoever it is. But are you really in a true position to give? I think that's a question that people don't really ask themselves when they are in a giving frame of mind. You know, they, they don't really think, well, should I be giving this other person $5 or should that $5 be going towards maybe my debt? And sort of trying to balance the two, I think is something that people really struggle with. Absolutely. And I have found in my experience, especially around people of faith, regardless of what that faith is, you know, because they have believed they should give 10% or 5% or whatever percentage right off the top. And I believe in giving. I really do. But I think that, again, like you said, Dennis, we have to be able to get ourselves in that strong position before. Because if you do have, if you have no debt or, you know, little debt and you're able to grow your money, if you're able to invest your money, then you're going to be have more money. So instead of helping one person, maybe you can help five, 10, 25, 100, right? It's about changing how we think that $5 today, $10 today. However, what if I'm able to grow that and yet and help a lot more people? Yeah, that makes total sense. So how much of money management do you believe is linked to your own mental well-being? So sort of like I'm talking mindset here, like whether you're in a good place, like how does that impact your money? Fabulous question. I believe, and this is from working with all my clients, that if you go back and remember the first money conversation adults were having, so you were a little kid and adults were talking about money. If you go back to the first conversation you remember, I believe that I'm able to tie that to what your current beliefs are about money. 
for instance, some of the ones that I hear often is where there's a couple, you know, talking about money. We don't have enough to pay the utilities. We don't have enough to buy the groceries. We don't have enough to buy extras. Right. So that little kid heard that conversation. As adults, I've seen this played out in two different ways. One, the person takes that story conversation, which I call stories because that's a story we tell ourselves. And they either go out and spend, 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 because they don't want to feel that same thing. We don't have enough. So they spend everything they own, everything they make, they spend. So they constantly living on a paycheck to paycheck. Or the other case I have seen is where that person saves every penny to the point where they don't treat themselves. They don't treat themselves to going out to dinner or going out to a movie. You know, they're depriving themselves because they're so busy saving because they don't want to be in the same position when they were the kid and the parents were having that conversation. So how do you think you sort of bridge those two worlds? And how do you find that middle sweet spot where you're, you know, yes, you're saving, but you're not going to the point of compromising on your quality of life to such an extent that it's detrimental? Like, how do you find the balance to say, yeah, I'm in a good place and I'm managing money accordingly? It's by connecting the dots. Once you go back, and I encourage your listeners to go back, and once you know what that conversation was and how did that conversation affect you today, so which one are you doing, and which I just gave you the most popular one that I come across. So which one did you do? And then learning the lesson. This is huge. So once, let's take the person that spends, 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 you know, living paycheck to paycheck. But now that they realize the reason they spend is because of that emotional connection that they had when they were kids. So now that they're able to tie that to why they're doing this, they're able to make other choices. Same thing with a person that doesn't spend, right? Once they're able to connect, it's about an understanding. So I'm a huge, huge believer in writing letters, right? Because you're acknowledging the situation, the event, and then you're putting, you know, you write it out and then you burn the letter or shred the letter, whatever the person feels comfortable. But acknowledging is step one, because now you're able to make other choices. You're able to make other decisions. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's a really tough thing to do to sort of actually put it down in writing, you know, because it's all good and well when you're, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, like I think it's like that and I think it's like that, but actually writing it down. And I think it's the same thing as like when you try and set up like a debt payment plan, you know, until you actually write it down and you kind of see where you're at your whole mindset will change. And I have to ask, what is the benefit of shredding it or burning it afterwards? For me, there's just something. It's a ritual, right? So that's why I said shredded, whatever. But there's something about allowing this thing that it flows from your mind through your arm, out to your hand, onto paper, and then almost like the finale, right? There's just that ritual of watching it go up in flames. You acknowledge it. You do it, and now you're letting it go. For me, it's a letting go. So I like to burn letters. So it, it's almost like acknowledging that 
what you've written down is almost the worst it's going to be. And you're almost burning that reality that you've written down. And you're saying, that's not who I accept. That's not the position that I want to be in. I'm going to essentially take my life and change it in such a way that I am able to write a new letter, maybe in a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, where it's a dramatically different letter that I'm writing. And I've done that through managing to achieve my goals and work towards something. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, let's take the debt, right? We want to pay off debt. If you put it up somewhere where you can see it every day, and this is goes for any financial goal. If you're able to put it up somewhere where you can see it, I want to have X amount of money in my account. Great. Keep putting it up there because you want to send that message to your mind constantly, right? And when you do that, it's a constant reminder so that when you get invited to go to those fancy restaurants or when you get to invited to go out and maybe splurge a little bit of money, it's not that you're not going to go, but this financial goal that you want to accomplish is going to be very much in front of your mind and you're going to choose. Am I going to go out and spend, you know, $100, $200 in this? Or do I choose to meet my financial goals quicker and faster? Yeah, that makes total sense. So having done this for quite a period of time, you've obviously gotten a lot of insights into a lot of other people's lives. And, you know, you've learned a lot about behaviors and money and like how we do things ourselves. So if you could tell someone that's maybe, I don't know, 15 or 16 years old, and you know, they've got their whole life ahead of them. Well, what is some piece of advice that you would give that person? And you know, just sort of if you could coach them in like one or two like short sentences, what would you tell them they should be doing or thinking about? That is so funny, Dennis, because I did not put this on my bio, but I actually do host workshops for high school students. What I tell them to do is really find what you want. So at the 16 year old, 18 year old, you know, they want to go out and they get, want to get the the fancy car that they see on TV. They want to get the big house. They want, you know, they want all these material things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but really look where you are. So they're getting, some of them are getting ready to go to college, right? Is what you're really going to go to school for going to give you the money that you need in order to, you know, somebody is going to get $80,000 student loan. So really be aware. Can you maybe go to a local college, community college, and meet some of the requirements first before you go out and spend all that money somewhere else, right? Start thinking about what is the best thing. Don't just think about, well, I'm going to get a student loan. I can pay it later. Well, some people are paying those student loans for 20 years. Yeah. You don't want to be tied down to that debt. Right. So think about, could I go to a community college? Could I maybe find a part time job? You know, could I find an internship, you know, to further my career? Could I volunteer somewhere? Is this a career that I really want to get into? Or could I maybe go in and volunteer for a few weeks to find out before I go and jump into this two year or four year school? Right. Fine. Test it out. Take it for a test drive. Yeah. Because that's going to let you know whether that's something you really want to go out and do. And don't be afraid to go out and get a part-time job somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true what you say. And, you know, the problem is when you're at that tender age, you don't have the insight to say, well, yeah, like say 
in, in my case, you want to be an accountant. That's great. But what are you actually going to be doing on a day-to-day basis? You know? And is that something you can do for the rest of your life? And granted, not everything is going to be set in stone and you are going to be able to sort of change what you want to do later on. But I think that a lot of people miss that step of saying, let me go try and volunteer for free for like one or two weeks and see if this is actually where I want to be going towards. Or even interview. That's a very good point, Dennis. Even interview. What if you do want to be an accountant? What if you find somebody in your neighborhood, somewhere that you can go and, and have, you know, offer them something? Listen, I'll come in and I can help you, you know, rake your leaves. I can help you, I don't know, shovel the snow. I can help you do whatever if I could ask you a couple of questions. People are always, always happy to share 30 minutes with you to answer your questions, you know, and you can ask them questions. What do you like about this job? You know, I'm thinking of going into this. No matter which field it is, find somebody that's really doing it and really get them to be honest with you. What do they like about the job and what don't they like? Because there's always going to be something you love and there's always going to be something that, you know, it's definitely not, you know, one of your favorite things to do. But find out before you jump on board and go out and spend, you know, two years, four years. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Money Clan, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. One of my favorite ways to consume books is to listen to them. If you head on over to chainofwealth.com slash audible, you will get a free month valued at $15 and that'll give you access to an audio book plus two Audible originals. So definitely check it out. Audible is one of my favorite ways to listen to books. It's absolutely great. You can do it on the go. So that's chainofwealth.com slash audible. So Chela, what would you say your savings or retirement plan is? And like, what are you currently working towards? Mine are, I believe in real estate, but I also believe in not putting all your eggs in one basket, which I did before. So currently I'm working on three different things. One of them, top of my list is definitely real estate, but I'm also working on having an additional income so that I'm able to go out. So I created a program. So not only be able to go out, but that's going to be something that I can leave a legacy for, something that can be run without me. Fantastic. And I know that you've written some books. Um, My question is actually, do you have a favorite book? So I don't know if you want to mention some books or you can punch your own, whichever you prefer. I actually, the one book that I, to this day, um, I also like to share with your listeners. So I wasn't always a reader. So this is an advice, a tip for those that maybe reading is not your favorite thing to do. Start listening to books. Pick up a book and just read 10 pages out of it, which is how I started. Now, you know, I love books because I love learning new things. And the more I learn, the more I'm able to go out and share during my workshops. But the road less traveled for me made a huge impact. And the other book that I read at least once a year is Think and Grow Rich. I always learn something new. So I just finished listening to it this year so far. And I would probably listen to it again before the year is out. Fantastic. Those are two books that I highly recommend because he made, they made an impact 
on my journey. It's funny how often, you know, you can reread a book and just pull so much more away from it. It's actually phenomenal, you know, that you can miss stuff the first time around. And, you know, sometimes, like you say, going back and revisiting it, whether it's like once a year or however often, you always like kind of take something more away from it than you did the first time. Absolutely. So go, even if you just read it once, right? Start reading, listen, listen to the books. You don't have to read them. You can listen to them. Dedicate, even if it's you start doing, you know, 10 minutes a week and then you build up to maybe doing it 10 minutes a day, right? Just get into the habit of doing that for yourself. Be a constant learner. Totally agree with you. <laughs> so do you have a favorite quote you like to live by? Let's see. Uh, one quote. There's so many. There's so, so, so many here. I would like to say uh, one of my favorites is... Treat others the way you want to be treated and have compassion. We're all on this journey and, you know, somebody could be having a bad day. We don't know. We're not in their shoes. So I think compassion. Have compassion for others and their journey. Chela, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have another last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. I would say your money journey begins today. Uh, Dennis mentioned, know where you are and where you want to get to. And I encourage you to start your money journey. But in order to get there, you have to know what is your starting point and where do you want to get to? Money Clan, we've been hanging out with Chela Diaz from Transcend Abundance. You can check out her website. It's chelladiaz.com and definitely take that first step and get your money working for you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.